Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for connecting with us on Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. Hope to bring you another top show. Have some great guests. Uh, one gentleman I've been trying to get a hold of a, for a long time, Sid Fernando. He's the president of E-Matings and Work Thoroughbred Consultants, the owner of Enix, and with the biggest sale in the world coming up starting on Monday, the Keeneland September sale, I thought he would be just the right guy uh, to kind of broaden your horizons about what's going on in the breeding and sales industry. Of course, he just has an amazing uh, resume. He was the former Bloodstock editor and columnist at the Daily Racing Forum, and he's internationally known as a pedigree writer. So Sid Fernando will be our first guest. And then our second guest, no stranger to winning ponies, the former host here, one of my best friends in racing, Ed Meyer will be with us. Be sure to go to the Winning Ponies blogs. Ed's been writing up a storm. He's got some great articles online right now. Uh, Ed and I are going to break down uh, some races at some fresh tracks for you. As you know, we just had the conclusion of uh, Del Mar and Saratoga, which means the doors open up at some new tracks. Of course, Churchill Downs now has the meet that Turfway Park used to have. So we're going to look at two of the top baby races, Breeders' Cup win, and you're in the Iroquois and the Pocahontas, one for the boys, one for the girls. And now we move downstate on the East Coast, and Belmont Park kicks off their stakes calendar with the grade two bowling green handicap. And then we're going to go to Louisiana. It's the Super Derby, a half a million up for grabs. Not the biggest of fields, but some evenly matched uh Horses go into post. A lot of people think that departing is the one that's going to depart with the major part of that half a million dollars. So that's uh, pretty much the lineup for the show. Uh, We're going to review the results of uh, some of the top racing that, of course, took place over the holiday weekend. I hope you had a great one. Well, Saratoga closes out. No big surprise here. Todd Pletcher won his 10th Saratoga trainer's title. His fourth straight. He ended up Sunday's card with 35 wins. Unbelievable. Chad Brown was second with 24. Javier Castellano, he won his first Saratoga riding title, of course. Sad to say, Ramon Dominguez uh, was sidelined. And and, uh, Johnny V, well... Uh, he, he had to take a little bit of a break himself for a while there, and also he's been jetting all over the country, and I'm sure that uh, he would have had a few more wins, but nonetheless, Javier Castellano, a class act, very, very uh, happy to see that he finally won the, the top spot there. And Ken and Sarah Ramsey, they said they were going up there to uh, uh, knock Mike Rapoli off the top spot, and they did it, uh, winning uh, 22 races. Uh, a single meet record at Saratoga, 11 more than Darling, Darley Stable and it drawing away. So uh, they, they did what they said they were going to do. Well, we don't always uh, cover the quick ones down here, but when $2.6 million is on the lines, the All-American Futurity will definitely get some airtime on winning ponies. And it was New Mexico-bred Handsome Jack Flash 
who won the 2.6 All-American Futurity, of course, in that breed that is a grade one. He was sent off at 8-1, to one, and he finished a neck best, a very, very fast time of 21.166 over the 440 yards. So handsome Jack Flash gets the job done. He boosts his earnings to $1.4 million. Well, before the... Uh, the meet was over at Saratoga. We did have some sad news that uh, Saginaw uh, had to be euthanized after fracturing some sesamoids in a race up at Saratoga. You remember this horse? He was just a big fan favorite. Uh, he uh, came from the claiming ranks and then turned out to be an unbelievable horse, winning 21 races from 41 starts. Uh, he, uh, After being claimed, uh, he uh, it's never back in another claiming race. David Jacobson did an outstanding job with him. In 2012, Saginaw was tied with Finger Lakes-based Clean Jean as the winningest horse in the United States that year with 10 victories. But he certainly did eclipse uh, Clean Jean by earnings, taking home 515000 while the Finger Lakes runner brought home 125,000. And in 2012, Saginaw was recognized by the National Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association as the claimer of the year. So he will be missed. Meanwhile, on some upswing news, St. Nicholas Abbey, the Breeders' Cup winner who has since had some uh, Bad news with his legs. Uh, last week, they were very worried about uh, a life-threatening injury from a fractured uh, sesamoid there. Yeah, but it looks like he's coming back. Uh, they had to take some pins out early, but they said since they did, his weight-bearing on the injured leg has improved gradually. He's walking now as well as he can be expected to in a cast, and uh, he's more content. He lies down several times overnight, and luckily he's able to eat solid foods again. So uh, we continue to take a look at the progress of St. Nicholas Abbey and hope he makes it. He was just an outstanding runner. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the opening of the Churchill Down season, uh, but before we do that, uh, we're also going to let people know that uh, Zia Park is open, and they're hoping to have their biggest season ever. Uh, it'll start off with the inaugural 300,000 Zia Park Oaks for three-year-old fillies. Uh, it's going to be the richest season ever at Zia Park. They've added some uh, new races, uh, the New Mexico Cup Classic Philly and Mare Sprint Championship. So if you are a player at Zia Park, everybody likes their niche. Uh, they're going to have stakes races for thoroughbreds and quarter horses, 33 of them in all. Uh, racing will take place at Zia Park and Casino on Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesday, as well as Wednesday for the last two weeks of October and the first two weeks of November. All right, we had just some fantastic racing over the weekend. Let's go back and, and review some of the races that we handicapped last week. Of course, uh, we're going to look at Saratoga, and there were some horses that were legit that won, and of course, it didn't get the name Graveyard of Favorites for no reason. Well, in the 750,000 Grade 1 Woodard, all these horses were coming out of 100-plus buyer races. As it turned out, it was a two-horse match race through the lane. The winner was Alpha redeeming himself. We'll see this in several big races this week where trainers made the switch to 
blinkers and got the job done. And so uh, Karen McLaughlin, who's had a very good meetup at Saratoga, 25% wins. Alpha gets the job done with the blinkers flat out. Byron King, that was his pick in here. Our handicapper from the Daily Racing Forum uh, came up just short, running third, was very popular successful Dan. All right, then we went to the forego, and here's our graveyard of favorites going wire to wire at 32 to 1, strapping groom Junior Alvarado up. Uh, He put away the entry, at least part of the entry, fast bullet. Uh, They were odds on to win, and then uh, even though strapping groom drifted out a little bit, he held on by a half a length over the popular Jackson Bend, who was ahead of the other half of the entry, Justin Phillip. Uh, then from there, we went to the Bernard Baruch handicap, and the winner there, no big surprise. This was Silver Max getting it done. Silver Max, he belongs on the grass. It was a yielding course, very sloppy day up at Saratoga. Might have had something to do with some of the upsets, but uh, Silver Max had the speed, loves this distance. He has now run it eight times and has six victories at a mile and a sixteenth. Uh, second was Paris Vegas, and third was the five Tetracom. All right, now we're looking at the two top baby races in the country. Quite frankly, these uh, races have produced uh, champions over the years. We'll start with the ladies. They'll go first in the spinaway on Sunday, Grade One, three hundred thousand. And it was the second favorite, Sweet Reason, making her second start. Now, this race is at seven furlongs, so uh, most of them stretching out just a little bit. Sweet Reason with Alex Solis in the saddle was five wide on the turn, click clear, and won by five and three-quarter lengths. Second was the six, Stop Charging Maria, and third, number five, Long Shot Dancing House. Then the hopeful... This guy, how unbelievable is it? He gave himself a birthday present. D. Wayne Lucas turned 78 years old on Monday, and he comes home on top with strong mandate. D. Wayne Lucas only had three wins at the meet, but one was the Travers and the other was the Hopeful. So top three-year-old and a top two-year-old, strong mandate was a strong winner, won by nine and three-quarters lengths. Who knows? Lucas could have another Derby horse. Second was the three Casa Guapo at thirty to one. The favorite Corpu set the pace and faded to ninth. Then we'll go out on the West Coast, take a quick look at the races from Del Mar. Uh, the Del Mar debutante was won by She's a Tiger. Gary Stevens gave it just a beautiful ride. Stalked in second, kicked clear, and held on by a half a length over Fascinating and Concave. Then the Del Mar Derby, it drew so many horses it had to be split. So the first edition out of Del Mar was uh, won by number seven, Gabriel Charles, who was four wide and put in a solid finish. And uh, the added distance, I think, uh, definitely helped that horse. And then uh, in the uh, in the second division at Del Mar, now this race is on the turf. It was won in wire-to-wire fashion by Ethnic Dance. Ethnic Dance lasted over Infinite Magic and Den's Legacy, who had a little bit of trouble in the stretch. Also, out in Del Mar, there was the Yellow Ribbon Handicap. That went to Egg Drop, who stalked the leaders, drifted out a little bit from the whip, but held on to win 
by a head over 34 to one shot appealing so some some really top racing one more we'll sneak in some uh, one more baby race in here a lot of scratches in mammoth park uh they scratched down to four races in the grade three sapling the winner was number five the even money favorite duncan bend ricardo santana in the saddle for Steve Asmussen. I believe this is the first crop of Dunkirk, so he's got a graded stakes winner. All right, really looking forward to uh, taking a little break here, and more important, looking forward to talking with Sid Fernando. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Ain't never gonna be the same. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time time on the voice america sports channel the talk doesn't get any hotter are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on kwame lassiter's sports talk it's on the voice america sports network every tuesday at 9 a.m pacific time noon eastern time get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports that's kwame lassiter's sports talk on the voice america sports network you're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, I'm very happy to have our guest right now, Sid Fernando. I told you at the top of the show, he's the president of eMatings.com and works thoroughbred consultants, uh, the owner of Enix, a former Bloodstock editor and columnist for the Daily Racing Forum, internationally known. Uh, he's written for Owner Breeder, Racing Post, North American Trainer, the Thoroughbred Times, the Thoroughbred Daily News, uh, a huge baseball fan, and a interesting background as far as getting into racing. We all, we all come here from, from different places, but uh, I must say, uh, from taking different paths of the world of thoroughbred racing, you're the first I've ever met uh, that uh, came into the game with a degree in art history from Vassar. How are you doing, Sid? Hi, John. How are you? That's quite a, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> but, uh, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was uh, always interested in uh, art and racing and... Um, you remember Lou Salerno from a long time back? He rings uh, a bell, but I can't put my finger on it. Fresh oil stable. 
uh, in New York. Actually, he, 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 he stood belonged to me at one point. He was a horse trader, and he actually ended up leaving the business, and he, he went right into art, and, and he became an art trader. Uh, but, you know, there are some links with some people with, uh, with the art and racing, including yourself, who was a fine arts major. I just, I just found out today. Well, of course, uh, Remy Beliak, uh, Peb's son, is uh, still involved in the races with the uh, North America Racing Academy uh, down in Lexington. Um, Years ago, I had the uh, honor of meeting, I believe it was uh, Anthony Black from Long Island uh, that used to do the shows up at Saratoga. He he was a class act. Um, But uh, you're now now the president of Work Thoroughbred Consultants, and and I must say uh, I was very blessed years ago when I did a television show called The Stretch Run. I did a two-part interview uh, with Jack Work and Leon Rasmussen. Of course, I would read uh, Leon's columns uh, in the daily racing form all the time, and uh, these guys were real innovators in in the approach uh, that they they took to, to, to viewing breeding and bloodlines. Obviously, when I say innovators, they still reach back to to those that were successful in the past. Uh, how did your paths cross uh, with uh, work? Well, uh, let me let me uh, if you don't mind, I'll just say with uh, Leon first because uh, as as your readers know, Leon was just a giant among uh, bloodstock authorities. A long time, as you said, uh, columnist for uh, Daily Racing Form and Breeding. And um, what happened was when I was uh, around 16, Leon, you know, was, this was in the mid-70s, uh, I just, I was a big fan of racing and breeding, and at that time, Leon was writing a lot about uh, chefs de race and uh, dosage and whatnot. So I just, on a lark, uh, sent him a letter as a 16-year-old, and, you know, never expected to hear back from him. But he wrote back to me, and, um, you know, I told him I was 16 and whatnot. And uh, from there on in, for years, we had a, uh, a uh, relationship um, by mail, uh, you know, a pen pal type of thing, you know, where we just wrote back and forth about breeding. And uh, when Leon uh, retired, uh, Jack worked, uh, kind of got him involved in, in the magazine you mentioned, Owner Breeder, at this point, I was in my mid-20s, late-20s. I think I just got married. And, um, you know, Jack, Leon told Jack about me, and we all started chit-chatting. And we, we all three of us started writing for Owner Breeder at that time, too. You know, sub, uh, later on, of course, um, I, I, I took over uh, the, uh, the uh, writing about bloodlines uh, and became the bloodstock editor of Daily Racing Forum, as you had mentioned. But uh, that's basically how the three of us kind of, you know, uh, all kind of uh, got together uh, because Jack was a big fan of Leon's as well. And um, and then Jack and I, um, this was in the late 70s, early 80s, we became very, very good friends. Um, and, uh, you know, I did a lot of work for... With Jack, after I left the Daily Racing Forum, I, I was a consultant and I did a lot of work for some of his clients. And and as you know, Jack uh, a few years back uh, got cancer and he didn't want uh, um, 
his company, which he had he had started, uh, uh, worked there with consultants a long time back, uh, with Roger Lyons, another guy who stays kind of behind the scenes, with, but he's a brilliant uh, uh, pedigree authority as well, and a statistician and a innovator, and he was co-creator with Jack of Enix. And so when Jack was kind of dying, he asked that, you know, wanted me to kind of buy it and take it over. And um, so I, you know, for Jack, I, I told him I would. And so we kind of uh, trans, uh, transferred the com- company to me right at the time when uh, Jack was uh, dying, actually. And he died on Valentine's Day uh, three years ago. And uh, so I've been running the company since that time. Um since that time, of course, Roger has uh, has uh, taken on a bigger role as well. And um, I don't know if you're aware of Roger, uh, John. I've read him. Yeah, he's he's terrific as well. So he was Roger's the type of guy that uh, kind of eschews the publicity and works from behind the scenes. But he he should be mentioned in this whole equation as well. Well, I, I, uh, part of this segment of our, our radio show, even though most of the show is, is, is handicapping, um, is to educate our listeners in, in all aspects of the game. Uh, this may sound very basic to you and probably many of our listeners, but can you just very briefly explain what we're talking about when we're talking about a pedigree having a nick? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's very – sometimes this stuff gets more complicated than it should be, uh, but basically – a nick, as we call it, is just in the, uh, it's, it's, it, you have a sire, say, Nash Ruler, going back years, who was a sire, bold ruler, and then you have a, a mare who was by another sire, so say Prince Quillo. So basically what a nick is, is it's, it's, a, it's a sire line cross. What sire works with the sire of the broodmare? And so... What we do is we, we, look, we research pedigrees and we see how many stakes winners have resulted when, say, Nash Rula was bred to uh, Prince Quillo Mares, for example. And I, I'm going back to use that as an example because that's a huge nick. That's the nick that uh, created Secretariat, for example. Uh, Secretariat was a, uh, a son of Bold Ruler, who was, you know, by Nash Rula, out of a Prince Quillo Mare. So... Basically, what happens is uh, breeders look to this too. They see, oh, you know, this line is working with this line. Let's let's cross the two. Now, what happens also, John, is that when everybody starts to do it, that nick kind of loses its statistical weight because, for example, if you're using the highest level bloodstock of bold ruler with a with a uh, Mr. P- uh, I'm sorry, a Prince Quillo mare, and Claiborne Farm and and Penny Tweedy and and whatnot are using these uh, types of bloodstock, and that's what the nick is based on. Well, everybody starts to you want to, people want to copycat what's successful. So a guy in Tennessee or Arkansas with a grandson of Bold Ruler may may take his Prince Quillo line mare, who's three generations from Prince Quillo. And breed it to a, uh, you know, a, a great grandson, a bold ruler, and that's also part of that, you know, Nick. But uh, obviously, the success ratios start to diminish when the quality of the bloodstock also goes uh, lower. So, what 
what ends up happening statistically is that Knicks start to lose their, um, for lack of a better word, potency. So what we do at uh, Work Therapy Consultants with the Enix is we, we, we stop a Nick at, say, you know, Bold Ruler, Prince Quill, or whatnot, and then we don't carry everything down from that. We'll then go back to other sons and see how they're doing and, and, and create new starting points, even if it's the same bloodlines. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's, that's a uh, general view of what a Nick is. It's a sire line cross, and it's based on the, the number of, we use stakes winners or black type winners to measure the, the success because that's the ultimate goal. So if certain uh, bloodlines that are crossed like that yield a certain number of stakes winners, then we grade them in our, in our system uh, from you know, A to F, whatnot. But uh, grading is just something that Jack innovated uh, for people to be able to put a letter grade to what was good or not. Uh, of course, there are breeders in Kentucky that follow this stuff. We didn't, Jack didn't invent it. Nobody invented it. It's been, this type of analysis has been taking place since uh, people were breeding horses. Well, you know, because I remember Leon, towards the end of what you were saying, it reminded me of my interview with Leon Rasmussen, and he told me that um, in over generations what we do with bloodlines is we breathe in and we breathe out. Yeah, so I guess exactly. that's probably one of the things you have to, uh, you know, keep an eye on is the trend. Now, I, it seems now that you've done a great job in the fact that anytime I go to um, – a, a stallion page. They're referring more and more to whether or not this horse has received a work rating of A, A plus, A triple plus. And right. you now yeah. offer a service where um, I believe I can I can put my mare in your system, yeah. and you're going to help me select a stallion. Or a lot of farms offer that service too, and that's th- that's through your uh, system, correct? Yeah, that is. And, yeah, we have a feature called Mare Match, which is on all these farms' websites and, and on our website. And basically, as you pointed out, John, uh, what you can do is you can just put your mare into, the, into there, select the geographic region you want, select the stud fee range you want, and, and hit presto. And what it will do is it spits out, based on your criteria, the, the best Nick's uh, for your mare, um, and it gives you the stallions and where they stand. Now, um, uh, before I go any further, I want to just say, you know, the Knicks aren't an end-all to everything. Uh, it's a starting right. point, you know. Uh, you start off looking at, well, you know, this is a very nice, you know, obviously a harmonious cross. It's, uh, it's resulted in, you know, uh, producing a bunch of stakes winners, whatnot, just say using a more uh, modern or more well-known common nick, like say AP Indy with Mr. Prospector, you know, produce horses like Tommy Sue's Light, Tappet, Majestic Warrior, even Orb, for example. So, you know, you say, okay, well, this is a very good nick. It's an AP Indy with a Mr. Prospector nick. You know, it may be an A triple plus, which is our best nick. Um, now that's a great starting point for somebody, but if, if you're going to breathe, you have your own mare, you know, you want to take into consideration her physical qualities, uh, her, the type of, uh, 
if you're breeding for the commercial market, whether she has a commercial pedigree, you know, if she has no stakes winners within her first two dams, uh, you know, you don't want to be breeding her to a very, you don't want to overbreed her. You're not going to be in book one of the Keeneland sale. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So there's so many different, you know, things, but it's a great starting point, and that's what we like to kind of uh, stress. Well, Sid, I, I could go on for an hour with you, but my producer's telling me I'm coming towards the end of the interview. But I know that our listeners, if they want to learn more about it, can go online and, and uh, get a much more detailed uh, information about uh, Enix. Can you tell us what's the best way to get to you online? Sure, uh, John. Uh, anyone can just go to enix.com, and, uh, you know, you can... Um, you can get up there and, and fool around with everything. You know, a lot of this stuff is pertinent for going up there and getting uh, information if you're researching a pedigree to handicap a race, turf races, for example, uh, two-year-old races. Uh, you know, you can get a nick. You can get the number of stakes winners. It'll list the races they won, other ones, you know. Uh, and basically, it, it can add to your pedigree handicapping as well although we're geared mostly towards practical breeders anybody who's involved in racing and follows this and wants to add to their knowledge or get information can just go right to enix.com and all right sid fernando enix.com folks if you want to learn more sid i hope that i can reach out to you sometime future because there's so many more questions i wanted to ask you thanks for being with us on winning pony today thanks a lot i appreciate it john all right that was sid fernando we're going to take a brief break and then we're going to be back with the man i admire in racing that's right the one and only admire Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, the former host of Winning Ponies Radio, the one, the only, Mr. Ed Meyer. You can read him on the website, and I advise that you do. He always passes out some very good sage advice for you handicappers out there. And uh, one of his recent columns was a mantra that I believe you have to live by, especially in this day and age, is that you can beat a race, but you can't beat the races. Ed, how you doing? Great to hear your voice, John. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'll tell you what, it's kind of strange. I mean, normally I'd be bumping into you next week in person over at Turfway Park, and uh, now uh, the, the meet, uh, the dates have been allocated to, to Churchill Downs. It's, it's going to be uh, kind of strange, although it looks like you know Churchill's trying to put their best foot forward. Uh, they sent a release out today talking about 10 things to know about uh, the September meet. And uh, it's really it's 12 days of racing over a four-week uh, stretch. Uh, but they're going to have a lot of things. They're going to have some, some night racing. Uh, they're going to have family days on Sunday. And then uh, they're, they're trying to make, uh, I guess, uh, lemonade out of lemons, the fact that they're going to be banging up against the Louisville UK game next week, but they're going to have that on the big screen. So uh, who knows? Maybe we can get together. I'll give you some gas money. We'll drive down to Churchill. You know, I would enjoy that. You know, John, I, I have to say it doesn't feel right, especially in the Northern Kentucky region with Turfway not having dates. But after reading all of the articles that you alluded to, Churchill being able to offer right around $407,000 a day in purses versus Turfway's 97000 I mean, hopefully we can retain some of the Kentucky horsemen in the area. And you know what? That's, that's really the backbone of our sport. Actually, keeping the horsemen in our state, they don't have to travel two days uh, both ways and, and, and take their two or three uh, steed and, and, and pack them in a trailer and move along. I know that they love the Kentucky Circuit, but it makes it makes a whole lot of financial sense. It seems like Churchill is really dipping their toe in the water because there's, this is kind of unproven territory. Yeah, it really is. And again, you know, uh, going head to head with college football is probably maybe something they didn't put in the uh, equation when they uh, when they went ahead and applied for the dates because that that is always kind of tough, as you know. It's a it's a very very popular sport, and uh, it can. Uh, also take some gamblers away because some people have been known to uh, wager a bob or two on the old pigskin. You know, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, high school high school football is is of such such a following that it can actually dent your crowd quite a bit. And it sounds to me like you know they're going to have a, a lucrative purse structure. You know, Churchill Downs is going to be doing everything top notch from first flight. So. 
but you're still you're still fighting that game. And high school football is a big following. And then you have U of L with an, a rubber ball throw. You could probably knock it right into uh, Cardinal Stadium. But I think they're going to really try to work on some synergies where they're not stepping in each other's toes. This meet it's really going to be an interesting uh, experiment. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to get down and catch a nighttime of racing. And uh, I, I think you you touched on a sore toe there about the. The U of L UK game, you know, that could dampen the crowd a little bit because there's quite a few football fans. As right now, as I'm watching uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens and Denver Broncos, uh, I'm, I'm getting to talk horses and watch football. So, what more, what more could you actually want? Yeah, I, I can't imagine the, uh, the the parking fiasco they're going to have. But let's move forward. I, I've got to bring up a subject I want to get your read on. D Wayne Lucas. He only wins two, three races at Saratoga. One's the Travers, and the other one's a hopeful with strong mandate who romps away by almost 10 lengths. What's your read on this? And he celebrated his 78th birthday with the hopeful win. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that. I think uh, LL Cool J uh, once upon a time said, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. And uh, <laughs> the coach is still there. And just about when you, uh, just about when you rule him out, he jumps up and he bites you. He already proved that to us with the Preakness, and he just really kept going on. It really brings uh, brings brings a, a really uh, sweet song to my heart because Lucas is still focused. He's still on top of his game. And it's seventy. Does he look seventy eight to you? No, he really does. And I just uh, was uh, you know uh, down at the the Derby Week, and I've got some photos of him. And you know, I'd say he looks maybe late sixties. He's in incredible shape, John. He's, you know, every time that uh, the camera comes on, I don't think there's a better person that ever understood the media mechanism. When the lights come on, he knows just what to say, just how to hold it, and he's one of a kind. And actually, I, I was fortunate enough to have him on a radio show, and he was kind of just standing there looking inside, and he said, okay, in three, two, one, and all of a sudden he just looked over, and he was, I, I was shocked. This guy is a machine, and at 78, I, I doubt that uh, he's probably lost, it hasn't lost a step. Yeah, what's pretty cool, too, is uh, when I was down at Churchill, even though he uses a step stool, he still gets up and rides a horse every day. You know, <laughs> last time I was on a thoroughbred horse, all of a sudden I realized, heck, that's a 10-foot drop if I come off this thing, you know. <laughs> so I think I'd have to look like Mongo from Blazing Saddles and, uh, riding the auction into town, John. I, I, I had a chance to interview him years ago back in the stretch run days, and uh, now that we got the Keeneland sale coming up, it reminded me of it. And uh, I, I said, I, this is back when Lucas was just, you know, buying winning colors, and everything he touched was turning to gold. And, and I said, what, what's the difference between you? I said, I said, they've got all these other guys here. They've got millions and millions of dollars. I said, what, what makes you different? And he said, well, remember when you were a kid and you used to read Highlights magazine and they had those puzzles where you had to find things? He said, I could find the bird hiding in the tree. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> he still can because he's done a, a, a great job for uh, for Calumet Farm. And uh, obviously, now he did a pretty good job at helping select a strong mandate out of the sale. So, yeah, like you said, uh, it's not a comeback. He's still here for sure. Well, um, you know, hey, looking back real quick, uh, we're going downstate now to, to – uh, uh, to Belmont Park, uh, but the, you know the Saratoga meet. I've got to say, one of the biggest things missing, of course, was uh, R- Ramon Dominguez. Uh, Johnny V got himself hurt there a little bit. Happy for uh, Javier Castellano, but how can you explain Pletcher's amazing success? 
Well, when you bring in that many that many sharp uh, tools to the table, John, something's going to get cut upon. And uh, Teflon uh, Todd Pletcher is awfully, awfully tough to beat. I mean, he's win- winning his tenth and fourth straight title, and that. And congratulations goes out to Ken and Sarah Ramsey. I thought Keenlum was a, a nice candle on the cake, but uh, no, they they were just getting warmed up. It looked like, but uh, Todd Pletcher uh, was just uh, heads above, and he he just runs a top notch out. Fed. And as you as you alluded to, Javier Castellano winning his first Saratoga title with 61 wins. But you know, I do think he was helped just a little bit with Joel Rosario with the, with the ending his move with a broken foot. But at the time that happened, Javier was seven ahead of Joel. But congratulations to the Ramses, uh, Pletcher, Javier Castellano, who's one of my favorite riders. And John, here's a flash for you. And I'd like to bet you a diet coke on this one. I think we're going to see some nice winners of Keeneland out of this group. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to, to the meet. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's uh, briefly go down to Churchill Downs. Uh, this tomorrow's card will be during the day, and Saturday's card, I believe, is going to be in the evening. And we have uh, two British Cup win and you're in. These are for the two year olds. They're letting the ladies go first, uh, the Pocahontas. Now, this is a mile and a 16th, and from what I can see in the PPs, Ed, there's only two of these uh, that have had the opportunity to go around two turns. So this provides a very interesting opening for somebody. Uh, I want to get your read on the race. You know, I, I took a look at it, John, and with the with the the babies, and especially the fillies, uh, they're not known for coming way out of the clouds. But actually, that was put to put to rest at Saratoga this year when uh, when there was a two year old that came from looked like a Silky Sullivan uh, uh, run around the turn, but. Actually, after after looking at the race, I, I found myself to the outside with the eight stone tastic uh, seven to two, Joey Bravo uh, in the saddle for Kelly Breen, and who I've got the utmost respect for. Actually, Kelly joined us once upon a time on Winning Ponies. This last month, they're winning about sixty-seven percent together, and you know I, I'm one of these uh, crazy people about the uh, about the numbers. You, you got I know you are, and I've got it highlighted. Go ahead. <laughs> one for one over the Bama Strip, it went by twelve. Now that's an impressive uh, run here. This daughter Miz and Mass was just super impressive. The the uh, the damn John special me. Now probably your your prior guest could have touched this, or yourself, your man of great horse flesh. Special me has two starters with two winners and is batting one hundred percent with her babies. I like the way this gal's training up. A thirty-five and two at Monmouth, I think, is pretty sharp, but. I think you, you touched on the right t- topic here. They are going to be going to mile on the 16th. That was a five-and-a-half maiden special weight winner by Bravo. But 12 lengths running any distance was ultra-impressive. I'll tell you what, I'm in for one more. I want to see what uh, Jersey Joe brings uh, down to Churchill, and especially for Kelly Breen. Yeah, and I noticed that he uh, his uh, presence there, I believe, picked him up a, a mount in the, the Aerocore later. The, the thing about Stone Tastic, and I, I and I know how you you do, you like your stats, is Kelly Breen with two year olds is batting twenty nine percent, and that's not with fourteen of them. That's with forty nine of them going to post. Almost a third of them have come home winners. That's pretty impressive. 
he's a savvy young trainer. Oh, when I say young, I, we, we were just talking about the coach. I mean, he's, uh, I'd say, in his uh, middle 30s. And uh, if, if that's, I hope that's a kind estimate there. But Kelly Breen is a top notch trainer and uh, would train exclusively for the longest time for George and Lori Hall. I, I see Stoneway Farm. Now, I don't know if that's uh, any, any part of that, but uh, I don't know if Mr. Breen changed his, uh, his hand there. But uh, it used to be for George and Lori Hall. Only, and he was actually, and he even brought that up on our show, oh, I'd say quite a, many moons ago that uh, that was his, his one and only, but very impressed with this guy. Well, the, the, the horse I'm liking in here, and again, a handicap without, uh, without any odds, uh, is this mystery horse, Nevada Deputy, um, was sent away as the favorite in um, a $50,000 stake at Louisiana Downs. Seven and a half on the turf. This horse, if you go back and look at the replay, was just blocked and blocked and blocked and blocked. Was in a lot of trouble. It looks like a horse that's kind of screaming for uh, for extra distance, and it's uh, it's out of the uh, Asmussen barn. As you know, he can get a nice horse ready to go. And then uh, the Toddsters got one in here coming out of the Schuylerville uh, with Elena Strikes and Johnny V's making the trip to Churchill. So uh, I mean, we could probably pretty much go down through the whole field and make a point for for everyone, but. I, I think those are a couple that you're going to want to pay attention to. I also noticed so many of these horses were either the first or second favorite in their debut. You know, what does that tell you? The barn knew something that these horses were ready to roll. Well, speaking of ready to roll, we got an interesting group uh, in the Iroquois, uh, a full field of two-year-olds. This is a grade three. Now, this one... Again, a mile and a sixteenth. I, I think in here, distance is the question. I've already zoomed in on my horse. I'm not going to tell you who it is until after you talk about yours. Um, uh, sock it to me, baby. And the Iroquois is it's the boys' chance uh, at the uh, at the first prize for two-year-olds at a church. So I, I really like this race coming in, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be going with three. Rise up, Rosie Napravnik earlier in that day. It's going to be riding the Kentucky Downs, and uh, they're going to be using Ron Geary's charter plane to actually lift off from Kentucky Downs, which is about a little over two hours away, but it's 30 minutes in the air, and there's going to be about five riders aboard, and hopefully they'll be back in time. But uh, Rosie, Rosie aboard, aboard Rise Up, once again, John, question is, is going to be distance, and there's going to be a lot of questions answered on this. Day. Tommy Amos and Rosie, I, I think they, they do very well together. I'm impressed with Mr. Amos, whether it be a Presque Isle Mountaineer or you know, down at the fairgrounds or, or in Kentucky, I'm really impressed with rider and trainer. This, this looks to be a really nice cold. I went back and watched the race in the Mountaineer Juvenile going poly to dirt, and Rosie went up to, uh, on Mountaineer, uh, went to the mountain in, in the Juvenile and wins by a crisp four links and really, really looked good. So I'm, once again, I'm, I'm in for one more, and especially at five to one, I, and there's, there's a sharp uh, couple works at Churchill that show me a little bit of readiness for the son of Rockport Harbor, but uh, I'm all Rosie-fied at five to one. I'm going to rise up. All right. Well, there's two I like. Uh, one is one is Ride On Curlin, who recorded a 91 buyer in only his, his second start, and uh, the the horse he beat has already come back and won, and he beat that horse by seven and a half lengths. But as you know, in in horse racing, you're judged by the company you keep, and I know that you know that because whenever I get a glimpse and you see me at a track, all of a sudden I see you duck into the men's room and try to pretend you didn't see me. So uh, <laughs> with that. <laughs> With that your money. Said, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with with Tapature, who is a maiden coming into this race. 
But what our listeners have to do is look at the horse that beat Tapature in his only start. Number one, he's a son of Tappet, so you got to know he's got uh, the breeding behind him and the ability to go two turns. But the horse that he lost to was Strong Mandate, who, as you know, earlier in the show we talked about just romped by almost 10 lengths in the grade one hopeful. So I figure if this horse can finish a couple links behind Strong Mandate and beat the rest of the field by at least three, he's going to be very, very dangerous. Another Asmussen trained. You know he's hot with two-year-olds. I'm thinking this horse is going to get overlooked because it's a maiden. I'm hoping. Uh, just uh, Ever since the racing forum started putting in the italicized horses, uh, made a lot of the wise guys not so wise anymore. Well, Pittsburgh, Phil uh, would uh, be on even keel with everyone out there now, John. But actually, you're getting a really good ride with Ricardo Santana, who was lighting him up nicely at Oakland Park and uh, actually took his game to Keeneland and, uh, and did pretty well there, held his head up high. I think you got something here, but at seven to two, I, I think I'd be asking a little more from the maiden. But I think with strong mandate, that is that is a very sound case. And also for your listeners out there, be sure to check back tomorrow. There's going to be some a couple little nuggets of wisdom there from Winning Ponies. A few easy win selections for the Churchill card, and Winning Ponies has been on fire with their easy win forms, John. Uh, yes, they absolutely have. That I, you know, I go up on Twitter every now and then, and I try to uh, to monitor it. And every once in a while, I mean, more more than often is. Uh, all of a sudden something pops up and says, hey, did you see what we just hit? I mean, this week alone on Tuesday, they had a $345 Super at Mountaineer. Uh, then at Del Mar, they had a $425 uh, Super. Wednesday was a big day for them. Also at Golden Gate, they had a $685 Super. And at the fairgrounds, a $411 Super. Um, and one more at uh, local track, Beulah Park. On Wednesday, at $677 super. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Our listeners need to get on the website and uh, pull down the easy win forms, but also make sure that they read Ed Meyer's blog. Well, I, I hope so. And a lot of times we'll, uh, we'll give out a little taste of what's happening on the card. Uh, who said there's no such thing as a free lunch, John? Uh, easy win forms will pop out a couple selections of the day of their top tier, and they're easy to read, color-coded. I, I think find them a whole lot of fun and really, really effective. And uh, be sure to check back tomorrow. I think you'll get a little surprise if you check back on the site. I'll be reading. Ed, I'll tell you what, uh, our, our producer Ryan tells me we got about three minutes here, and that's kind of tough to do two races, but they're both short fields. And I'm going to start at Belmont Park. There's a horse that owes us both some money in here. And in the Bowling Green Handicap, that horse's name is Boisterous. Can uh, can he turn it around? I was so blank about the Sword Dancer. We all turn in a, a bad performance. He got up on the wrong side of the bed. I think so, John. It's 7-5, to five, Johnny V. If you take a look at the intertrack efforts, uh, Boisterous loves the intertrack. 8-9 for nine total of Belmont. I'll tell you what, Boisterous is going to be my key and my pick for that day. Okay. Well, uh, again, it, it, it's a short field. Uh, if there is any kind of pace up there, I notice that most of these horses, um, you know, kind of like to stalk a little bit. Uh, Finnegan's weight could be dangerous coming out of the Arlington Million. Was only beat two and a half, but I'm going to try to get my money back on Boisterous because I believed a guy I knew who was buying cheap hats that day, and he pushed me on that horse, and I went ahead and jumped with him. So. Uh, we'll move forward from there uh, to yeah. the, 
the Super Derby, uh, again, a race offering a whole lot of money, a half a million on the line, uh, still bringing out not a huge uh, field in here. Uh, Departing looks like the one to beat. I'm going to try to beat him. I'll tell you who later. You go ahead and tell me who you like. I'm going to make it real easy. I'm going chalk. I'm not going to try to outsmart myself. Alvarado and Al Stahl, and they're only winning 31% on the year. I, I, I like this guy. Uh, he's, he's a tough yelling by Warfront, John. Second off of a layoff and won impressively in the West Virginia Derby. Departing at even money, I'm going to call that value, believe it or not. I'll take it. Okay, well, the horse I'm going to try to beat you with is Treasury Bill. You look at this horse's past performances, Ed. This horse has been everywhere. It's been on different distances, different surfaces. But his last race really impressed me. It was an optional claimer at Indiana Downs. Uh, put in a huge rally, got a nice buyer. But what I liked about it is the addition of blinkers. We saw several horses last week jump up with the addition of blinkers. I just think this horse is really going to like a, a mile and an eighth. I don't know that he can beat the parting, I don't think, but that's going to be my exact box. I like your price there, and you're getting a nice Louisiana rider. Well, uh, I don't have my odds. What price am I getting? You're getting 10 to 1 on Treasury Bill. Uh, he used to be in the Ron Ellis barn, so uh, you might want to check with Marty McGee before you actually uh, make your way to the window. <laughs> he might be mad that they took the horse away from, from, his, uh, from his brother-in-law. That's all I can say. Uh, maybe, maybe well, we uh, Ed Meyer, thanks again uh, for uh, being with me. I, uh, you, you know you're like a brother to me. I enjoy listening to you. enjoy reading your columns on Winning Ponies. And I just look forward to the next time that I can have you back on the show. More than that, I look forward to the next time I see you in person. Maybe we'll take that trip down to Churchill. I would enjoy that, John. Best of luck to everybody. Keep listening. And don't forget, check back tomorrow for some winning pony easy win selections. All right. That's Ed Meyer. And I got a feeling he might just be the guy that's going to give you some of those selections. So be sure to go to his uh, uh, blog segment on Winning Ponies. I had a great time on the show, of course, always with Ed. Uh, It's just like uh, wearing an old shoe and uh, sometimes smelling like one. (laughs) He'll appreciate that. Uh, And Sid Fernando, president of Eat Matings and Work Thoroughbred Consultants, uh, an excellent guest. I hope to get him back on. Uh, Remember, if you happen to be in the uh, area of Lexington, Kentucky, uh, this is the week of the uh, September sales. Actually, it's going to be close to two weeks, and uh, it all kicks off on Monday if you plan on purchasing. But you can actually go down there on starting tomorrow and, and look at the horses. I mean, if nothing else, if you just want to see some beautiful horses with outstanding pedigrees, uh, Keeneland is the place to be this week, no doubt about it. You can get a catalog. Uh, you can view the catalogs online at Keeneland.com, or you can just go down there and pick yourself up one. So... For my friend Ed Meyer and my esteemed guest, Sid Fernando, I'm John Engelhardt. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Pull down some winners. And remember, if you take a friend to the races, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhardt. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topic.